Crack up, cracking one open here. Oh, yeah, I, I kind of am. I've got my uh, Chris Rye uh, fuck cancer mug Whoa. that he sent me. Did he make it? No, he, he saw it somewhere and bought it. Uh, wow, without giving away too much. I think he's pretty open open with his uh, the challenges he's had with his, his wife having cancer. Oh, right. Um, and I didn't ask my wife, but I'll tell you that she had cancer also. So, um yeah. <clears throat> we share that and you know, we've gotten to know each other over the years so we we share that so when he saw that mug he sent it to me and it was, it was really cool so it's uh yeah and my wife's all good she's she's cleared the the time frame you know yeah. the five years so so we're good but awesome uh, not to get too personal off the jump but sure. did you have any uh did you ever have any uh issues with that stuff as well no oh cool no yeah, not really any of my family until recently. Uh, my mother passed on June first. Jeez, so, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but she was she was sick for a while. But she was she was sick for about a year, mm-hmm. which is crazy because she she didn't tell me for like until it was oh, like eight or nine months after she was first diagnosed. So I don't know if it was to protect me or, or what, but it's uh, I mean, it's heavy stuff. But it's um, yeah, it's it's over, and it's hard to watch someone when they're that sick. So um, yeah, you know, so, so yeah, just her, uh, just her, and I had three siblings, and they've been fine. Nice. Um, and I, I don't mind saying this on on this forum. Also, in fact, I would kind of use it as a like check yourself once in a while, but my, when my dad remarried, I was 18. And so I had a half brother and he died at 32. I think it was, oh my gosh. it was like a couple of years ago. Um, well, uh, I, I, I don't think my stepmother is ever going to see that or, or, or listen to this, but I think it's an important message. And I think she would probably agree anyway, but he didn't, he wasn't very careful with himself and partied hard, did, you know, did plenty of things. He was on the horse show circuit as a, like a move around the country and like, like basically prepped everything, gets everything ready for the horse show and then whatever else is going on. So Mm -hmm. anyone that's on the road like that constantly, there's always that chance you're going to get yourself into some, something you probably shouldn't, you know, over time because, you know, cumulative it was it destroyed him over years so wow. over a few years but being that young uh i mean kids need to be careful it's just yeah. kids i say kids young adults need to be careful because it doesn't take much to completely ruin your body i mean you know you and i ride and i, I that takes a lot of you know we're working stuff out so you could say that you could say that, okay i had a beard or two or three but then <laughs> And put in, you know, four 90 degree sweaty hours of riding the park or something. Because uh, I know you're more, you're more street and park, right? Yeah. More yeah. or less. It's, yeah. well, you don't race, right? No. <laughs> so, no. And, and do you ride trails at all? Uh, you know, my first experience with BMX was at a racetrack and oh. I've never raced. I never did a, a race, but I did ride trails okay. as a kid. Yeah. And as soon as the year I got my balls up to jump the first set of big jumps yeah, at yeah. a local spot, uh-huh. like within two weeks of me and my buddies all like stepping up to that level of yeah. jumping the bigger stuff and not like the little tabletops, yeah, they got plowed. <laughs> I was so, I was hoping you wouldn't say that, but I could kind of hear where it was going. I mean, you know? there's a lot more to it than that, but yeah, that yeah. ended up like kind of taking the steam out of the sails of continuing that trails. Mm-hmm. kind of momentum I had mm. um, but I, I I know what it feels like a little bit to like clear a big jump but it's yeah. so long ago now that it might as well be like a fever dream yeah <laughs> it, yeah I, I totally agree It's it, if you haven't done it before as you get older it does get harder it comes a little harder <laughs> I never learned how to bail I was just like either I'll hit my brakes before the lip or I'm gonna uh-huh. try and get it so I never right. really 
got had all the prowess to like some of these dudes ride this shit breakless and they're fine and it's like i wouldn't do that if you paid me a million dollars the craziest thing i've seen is uh geez i forget who it was but it was at caddy in in pennsylvania um and this guy rode the whole the biggest run which i believe is called chicken but rode the whole run breakless and it is big it's like gnarly big and like you would think you'd want to have a brake lever to kind of yeah that little brake lever just a little bit yeah and this guy didn't i wish i maybe i'll remember who it was as we talk but um but yeah brakeless is crazy it's on trails i mean you you're using that momentum to get to the next set and, you know, these are 20 footers, 25 footers, you know, they're, they're far. Yeah. But, and you're just managing yourself. Yeah. In yeah. my opinion, it's like jackpot. You just happen to everything just aligned like this, mm-hmm. the way that they were built, the way that you were riding. Yeah. 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 And, and someone may have told that person that, Hey, I never touch my brakes for the run. So, mm-hmm. so I never have to tap. I don't pick up enough speed that I have to like, you know, knock some, knock some speed off. So right. I would imagine that's why otherwise I don't think they would all do it. Mm-hmm. They'd probably say, hey, can I go brakeless on this run or do I pick up way too much speed before one of the turns or hips or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but, I guess that has a lot to do with it for sure. Yeah, yeah. And if I'm going, if I'm digressing and going to a weird subject, then uh, sorry about that. Yeah, you're good. For once, this, <laughs> this is someone else's job. To reel the interview <laughs> yeah. instead of me being the guy reeling the guy in, you know. Yeah. But I also I don't know, but I yeah I guess from the ones I've listened to of yours, you let you pretty much let people go. Yeah, and and at the end of the day, like if I drag on myself, I'll cut I'll cut it out, and then I always let the guests hear the final thing before it goes public, so there's no oh really gotcha, oh, okay. no no surprises. I want <laughs> I want everybody to walk away happy, and I want know the listeners to get what the guest wanted you know yeah yeah and i think this is cool doing the the video component um has always scared me a little bit not because of me being on camera but when you do it this way you can't edit as easily right so as opposed to mine that's audio and i can edit the heck out of it i could take a half hour out you know Mm -hmm. and you can still kind of do that with this i've I've started to learn and Mm -hmm. i feel like part of that is because not not that it got any easier but that so much media has has come out even yeah. since your first episode that like it's right. kind of more normal for like mm-hmm. a hard cut if we just we had to go to the bathroom or if whatever yeah. said something we got to take it back out and you know i think it's more kind of normalized sure sure so. yeah absolutely that that's definitely a bit different like when when brant when I did one with brant it was he basically wrapped it up, posted it right after we were done. Wow! And, yeah, he goes fast. And like I'm that. that second, but mm-hmm. he he's big on on. I guess you could say, in my opinion, uh, on just kind of keeping it real and having whatever happens happens. You know, whatever plays out plays out, um, which I'm okay with. You just have you have to get used to it, you know. Mm-hmm. But after, I think it's three and a half years now since I started. My, more than that, almost going on for uh, of audio only I'm so in that mindset that I just don't I just I, I also only listen to audio I don't watch right. uh, you know video which this would be on do you put it on a YouTube channel mm-hmm. all right yeah. I'm always clicking a link and I don't know what I'm I <laughs> and I'm listening to your audio also so it's it makes it it makes it uh I'm I'm always heading for one direction, not you know, not the full package. So this is kind of it, it's kind of cool to do this a little more and get comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'll ever change my podcast anyway to to video. Also, um, a lot of people that listen, I heard a lot today at the races too about people listening in chunks where they'll do like a half hour, half hour, half hour. Where some people are like, oh, it's two hours. I, I don't have two hours. Well, no yeah, one told yeah. you I had to listen to a two-hour straight. Yep. <laughs> it picks up right where you left off. But does YouTube do the same thing? Pick up where you left off, yeah. 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 I mean. Save that spot, kind of. 
uh, especially like yeah, like if I play a video and I I click out of it or even go watch another one and I come back to that one, it'll definitely pick up where you left off. And one of the re- one of the things I wanted to lean on a little bit with my pod is mm-hmm. the video aspect of of bike videos and because mm-hmm. so many people will bring up all oh, this video or all that video or this clip and that clip and it's like why don't we just bring it up and right if we want to break it down second by second we can if we need to you know like that that's pretty cool i mean i'm i've only got like this is probably my third or fourth video episode so i'm still getting everything oh, okay. straight um, yeah one of the, my problems is like with the audio like because there's so, there's so many buttons and knobs to to mm-hmm. getting this thing to record that it can record everything on separate audio tracks which is great but right. i had it set up wrong I, I probably still do but where like the microphone was on its own audio which is great yeah. and your audio would come in with my audio and it's like well that defeats the whole purpose of what i was trying to do so sure i got it but at, this, at the end of the day it's like i don't really end up having to edit the audio yeah. levels that much anyway so i'm i see yeah generally all right with it but um, it. i re-listened so if anybody doesn't know who i'm talking to yet i'm talking oh, yeah. to joe doherty over here grom dad the yeah. bmx podfather if you ask me um, <laughs> that's crazy to hear but yeah this guy i've heard it it's been said <laughs> you say i'm not agreeing with it but it, it's been said I, I mean i'll give i'll give you it you know what i mean and uh Yesterday I went went through. I mean, I've I've been listening from the beginning, but wow. I went back and re-listened to the third episode, the one about you specifically, because I oh. wanted to make sure I had some. Sure. I didn't forget any key details that were already out there that are, yeah. you know, easy to get a hold of. That was a tough one to decide to do because I realized that, you know, I, I had recorded a couple and put in and put a very controversial. Uh, episode one out with uh, Chelsea Wolf. Right. Um, at that time, at that time, it was uh, Chelsea uh, Wolf Gooden. Yeah, I saw her name was a little bit different. Yeah, uh, but who would have thought she ends up making the Olympic team as an alternate? But right. that was—I remember uh, someone telling me they're like, "Holy shit, you you went there on your first episode," <laughs> and it's like, "Why not?" what do I have to lose? You know, it's, it's, it, and I'm a fair person and I'll listen to both sides and, or I should say, you know, her side. Um, but yeah, it, it, I guess what I'm getting at is I did that and I forget who the second one was. It might have been Cody, Cody Diggs. I, I can't believe I can't remember the second one right at the moment, but, and then the third one, I'm like, I don't think most people nowadays, it's like 50, 50, at least half the people have no clue who I am, you know, because they weren't racing and riding trails in the eighties and nineties. Right. So, but over, which is difficult by the way, don't let me digress too much on this. (laughs) It has made part parts of my podcast, uh, hobby will say difficult because you're expected that people that don't know you think you should know more. Uh, and it's like, right, right. it's like, no, 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 no. I'm doing this because I want to learn about the time period that I was not around, you know, right, since right. I was gone for 18 years, 27 to 44, somewhere around there, 17, 18 years until 2014. I mean, uh, so it's supposed to, it, it was supposed to be a learning experience for me too. Right, and so some right. people, it, you know, it, it's hard not to read comments. It, you know, it's constructive criticism. You just yeah. have to deal with yeah. it. If it, you know, you probably shouldn't read them if you don't want to accept yeah. something. You're poking the bear a little bit when you read comments, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So someone had said, like, you can do better. I mean, this is ridiculous. You don't know anything about what this guy did. You know, you didn't talk about anything the guy did. And I'm like, that's, and I just, I didn't, you know, I didn't do one of those angry replies. I always stay as passive as I can. Uh, but I just said, you know, basically you're missing the point. Mm. Like I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't, I shouldn't be graded on this. I never said I wanted to know everything about this guy before I interviewed him. Right. I wanted him to educate me on what happened, you know, while I was out. 
So anyway, you know, it's, it's, it, you, know, it's, you know how it's weird when you take one opinion out of a hundred great opinions, you take that one opinion and you actually like dwell on it. It's so stupid. Yeah. It's like the stupidest thing in the world. So, uh, so all in all, it just made me feel like I just needed to explain myself a little bit better. Uh, and that's, I guess I'm tying that back into me doing, you know, the third pack, I guess it was a third. Yeah. I'm on 133, so I'm a little... You're 130 you know, episodes deep. Yeah, so it's like someone's got to cut me some slack. I'm not going to remember every episode. <laughs> you know, I'll remember things about the person, but I'm not going to remember you know, exactly what went down. But um, yeah, that third episode, I felt like I, I needed to really explain who the heck I was. Like, mm-hmm. what business do I have doing this? You know what I mean? Uh, so, you know, I, I believe... You, you probably heard on there that my intentions were to to bring attention to people that really weren't getting the attention they deserved back then when I was in it or even now if it worked into that. But um, it was meant to be originally like 80s and 90s, you know, interview guys from that time period. Mm-hmm. And then it morphed into, hey, you know, so, some friends would say, I, I've got three or four riders that are going to be at the will mill this weekend. So I know you're going, if you want me to, I'll set it up. So there, there came the Tommy Dugan, Brian Kaczynski. Um, I, I forget. There was a good handful that I'm sure you probably heard. Crystal Oil was separate, but I would see him anyway. So that was a little, um, he showed up at the first jam I did and I knew him from before, not personally, but we knew of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so some of those episodes really came to be because, you know, people that were helping me out with the jam, a lot of this ties together with the jam. Yeah. It's like, sure. I'll interview your guys. Like no problem. I don't know shit about them. So <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to do, and that's how I learned how to put out questions. So I could learn about the person a little bit ahead of time. Again, I'm, I'm not supposed to be the expert, but at least I know something about them. Right. Uh, if I don't, if I've never been around them before at all, like Tommy Dugan. So I have enough with the questions. It's, it's fun to play with the questions because you can use the questions to kind of start to learn about the person. And then I can ask some more questions to them that, that, you know, that were started because of that listeners comments or questions for Tommy say, yeah. but, but yeah, so the podcast has kind of been like, there's been a couple little turns and twists because of who you get exposed to. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, I should right. stop. At, no, you're good. And if you want to ask anything, I'll, I'll keep going about whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask about the, I mean, I want to touch on the stuff before the podcast as well. But while we're here, I wanted to ask you like the initial, I forget what, there's like a big word for it, but like the initial action to to start the podcast did you did you hear about chelsea and and you were like well this is you know this is someone's story here that seems interesting mm-hmm. and then you were like i'll i'll start here and then just do this stuff or or was it like from you already had the idea before you met chelsea that you wanted to do a pod man i had the idea that it was going to do a podcast six or seven months before I did the first one. Okay, cool. And I remember talking to Timmy Strelicki, who is an old school racer from Long Island and trail, big time trails guy, part of the whole Seven Eleven crew. If you remember, if you've heard about that, yeah, really popular trails on Long Island. And uh, of course, you know, long gone, long since gone. Something's built over it, but. Um, I bounced the idea off of him and then I, I told him what I wanted to call it. And of course I said, you know, at some point I'm going to want to interview you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, I sat on it for a while and I went to, uh, I went to a women's weekend at Caddy and Posh and that's where I met Chelsea. So it turns out she had relatives in Connecticut. And then I was like, you know what? I just, this is a perfect opportunity because she was going to Connecticut after Kathy. Mm-hmm. So I took a little, a couple half days at work, maybe a full and a half or something. 
Um, so her aunt, I guess she has an aunt in Connecticut and maybe one in like Mass, like lower, like Springfield area of Massachusetts. So uh, I was like, you know what? This is lining up perfectly. I, I could talk with her. She's easy to talk to. In fact, she wanted to talk, especially at that time. Uh, she wanted to talk about about her and her her decision to be transgender and I was like you know what screw it I mean nobody's gonna watch the first one anyway you know so I put that in my mind um I was really hoping people would watch it and they did mm-hmm. I think it was Mur- and, and he wouldn't care if I said this but I think it was Murphy Machetta the, the really good photographer from Pittsburgh yeah um he may have been the one that said wow that was a really bold start of the podcast. You know, I'm, I'm really glad you did it. And I was cool. like, good. So that was some good affirmation. And, and, uh, but yeah, that, that's how it happened. I was at caddy. I, I, I just, I like to support events like that. And, you know, like women's weekend events. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess I've used the podcast for a, a lot of different, um, goals, all good, goals i believe to to really let people know what's going on uh through these women like i'm at women's weekend i've got three different women i'm going to talk to over the course of the weekend so that type of thing so it's anyway yeah so So that's the reason on on her anyway cool and how and why i started sorry yeah when i uh when i listened to your your personal episode episode three I mean, you raced from 83 to 97, you know, that's over a decade of racing. Um, and it, and you had, uh, you know, your, you got a couple events under your belt before you even started the pod. Like I did, I did. That's pretty crazy too. Like a lot of it's crazy. (laughs) It's definitely, um, I didn't start the pod until I got back into it in late 2014 so I believe 2015 is when I did my first jam, but that one was a collective effort from a lot of guys on Long Island because it, we did it for John Lee from right. FBM. Yeah. And he's a Long Island, a, a staple on Long Island. He lives in Binghamton and has been since FBM was, was there, but so he decided to stay in Binghamton, but everyone is, they call him the nicest guy in BMX. You know, he's just, right. and he truly is like the nicest guy. So, there's an episode with him and there's somewhere that I had to break into two parts, but yeah, I remember, <laughs> but I think both of us were crying in that one. That, that was, that got serious because he was talking about how much, how grateful he was for his sisters. But yeah. So anyway, uh, the jam, he has so many friends because he's, he's just a love guy. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, even from a distance, Keith Mulligan in California and, and Keith Tara on Long Island and, Brian Iorochi and, and who's in Ohio and just all these people from Long Island uh, just teamed together with me and we because I could I couldn't have done it alone so and it was really it was their guy mm-hmm. so it was it was easy to say okay let's let's do this for your your guy so that was 2015 so that's it, it does go back to the 90s because if I didn't race in the 80s and 90s I wouldn't know Keith Tara Brian Iorochi uh, John Scavarella, who's also known as Super BMX or Soups, mm-hmm. um, does a lot of printing. Does right. really Super print. BMX. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, just I, I, I'm going to forget a ton of people, but we we all got together. Enos uh, from Base, um, just everybody. We all got together and made that event happen, and we made about eight grand for him. I think it was cool, which was that that kind of got me hooked so the next year uh, you know i kind of thought about it and i realized like this this isn't for everybody so i i didn't try i i tried to get some of the group from the john lee's jam to help with the second one which was for steve murray Mm -hmm. and it was kind of a dave mirror tribute event also so um that one i did mostly alone um but it was fine. Like I, I, I didn't, I didn't mind. I get it. Not, not everyone has, even though we all work long weeks, we 
not everyone has the motivation to do that. And those guys have their own thing going on. And so do I, I mean, it's just, but everyone's different. So I just said, you know, what? I think I'm going to keep this going as long as I can. Right. Um, as long as I feel it's actually doing good, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, that first one was totally a team effort. And now we're coming into the eighth one, wow. um, which is, I've been doing them alone on the setup totally not alone i'm putting the the event together so there's people helping build the jumps Mm -hmm. track directors helping you know have the facility ready for me you know it's the rest of the facility because it's at a bmx track usually um four of them have been at trumbull bmx in connecticut so anyway the way that whole thing picked up yeah it's crazy it doesn't make a lot of sense but i truly believe if you have the contacts and you're an organized kind of individual and uh, I'm not saying I'm super organized, but organized enough and had that drive, then why shouldn't I do it? Just keep it going. Yeah. You know, but the connections are really important. And that's what's difficult uh, when I think about, you know, I'd like to hand this event off to someone else, maybe someone younger that wants to keep it going, something like that. But you, you can't create those connections for that person. Mm-hmm. Right. And you need those connections. You need Robbie Morales. You need Nuno Oliveira. You need, you know, Vance. You know, and you need, you need everybody. You need Ronnie Bonner. You know, through his, you know, basically three brands. Um, you need all these people. And, and fortunately, we all knew each other back in the nineties. So it's. Right. I mean, it, it it kind of explains BMX in general. It's very everybody knows everybody. You know, it's um, I certainly know you from what you put out. That's how I learned about you. So it's, yeah. yeah. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, no, you're good. Um, when you said you know me from, from what I put out, I, I thought about how uh, Nina. So I, I came up with a thing and I named it the Yeah. I know it's not very crazy original name, but. It was like, oh, I don't know of any other. Yes. The yes. She had, she had a, a, a zine. It might've been like a women's zine. I'm not sure if it was, but I think it was, and I think she called it. Yeah. Zine. And I think well, you mixed. You are a up. son of a bitch. You are. Now that I think about it, <laughs> you are a dickhead. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I do remember exactly what you're talking about. Only because I interviewed her. And I think that was at the beginning of her her really getting into freestyle, mm-hmm. riding park, riding bowls. But yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so I didn't, I didn't want to take credit for her zine. I was like, yeah, I helped out with the red PA <laughs> zine, which, you know, similar, but right. different, but that's all. Um, but that's funny. You, I never even thought about that. Yeah. Um, you had, you know, you had your, you bought your first house in the nineties. I mean, that's, I don't, I don't mean to say that as like bringing it up as like a, an, a, anything that crazy, but at the same time, it's like you, you had your house in the nineties, you, you tried to do your own, uh, racetrack, you had, mm, um, yeah. the DDR team. So you, mm-hmm. you were always kind of trying to do something. It seems like even from back then, like you were always, yeah, yeah we did I, and I can't explain that besides being a kid of a single parent that was four of us and I was the youngest. Uh, so when I started racing, I was 13 and my siblings were all older. So okay. I had to catch rides to go to the track because understandably my dad's working his ass off to take care of the four kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so you learn a lot, like you become very responsible, like the newspaper routes and all this stuff that you don't hear much about now. And, but people know, I mean, people like, you know, that, that kids made money in a different way back then. And it was a little safer to be out there doing that kind of thing. Right. Right. You know, where you had to go, you know, you deliver the papers, then you have to go collect the money for the papers each week. You had to knock on the door and say, okay, pay up for the papers. (laughs) It's, it was crazy the way they, excuse me, the way the newspaper had it organized, but it was kind of genius because it put the responsibility on the kid. Yeah, you can have 80 customers on your newspaper route, but you don't make money until all 80 pay. You know what I mean? You don't make the full amount of money for your work. So, uh, 
so yeah, it's um, it's. I think that was the beginning of it, and and yes, I I worked my ass off and just um, tried to find opportunities and and did. I ended up landing a decent job in the plumbing and heating wholesale field, and it was it was pretty. It is very solid. I still do it today. Same job or a same same, same job. Uh, you know how buyouts go. There's buyouts all the time. So oh, I yeah. work or I essentially worked for two different companies, but then it was the, I went back to the first company. That company got bought out. Uh, after I opened a location for them, we got bought out like two or three years after that. It was in this, this is plumbing and heating wholesale still, which I think I already said, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, you just hustle. I mean, I, I, I'm not quite the Long Island hustle guy because <laughs> those guys, those guys hustle. I mean, that, that's real hustle. And the, you know, Robbie Morales, he, did you have, you didn't have him on, did you? No, Robbie? no. I, I met him once at Interbike, but that's the only interaction I've had with him. You should do it. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, yeah, he's down. I'm totally down. He's a businessman. It's just the East, and he's a good dude. And he really is a good dude. He, I just can't believe how much he has on his plate. I don't know how people do it, really, honestly. It's, like these guys from BMX that got involved in some heavy manufacturing stuff. Right. So, right. Um, so yeah, I mean, interviews, and he's been on different podcasts, but everyone has, as far as I'm concerned, those overlap with a few podcasts, but for the most part, I think there's different audiences, roughly. There's probably, a, maybe it splits into like three groups, you know what I mean, uh, that may listen to, say, you and Brant, but not me and coffee chat you know what i mean it, it's 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 just the way things are yeah so um so not everyone has seen uh or, or seen or listened to an episode with robbie rounds right uh, so there's a couple that have, have done it um but yeah i i just think it's a different you've got a different following and that's why i think some people are worthy of doing as many interviews as people want to do <laughs> or as many yeah. as he wants to do you know what i mean yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we're just trying to spread the message. Yeah, you know. But I, I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I wanted to ask you when you came back in the BMX. You took ten years off. Yeah, eighteen. Eighteen. You took eighteen years off. Yeah. Wow. Seventeen, eighteen. Okay. In that range. But what I, what I wanted to ask you: What was your favorite thing? The favorite, your favorite uh, invention or advancement in engineering? Mm-hmm. coming back in the BMX because we had internal headsets, mid-bottom mm-hmm. brackets. Uh, were 990s a thing back in the 80s and 90s? Not as much, no. No. Because they had like uh, a weird V-brake, A-brake. Yeah. We, we all, most of us had, when I stopped in the, in the late 90s, uh, we had Shimano. Um, I don't think they were called V-brakes. Um they, they were all, for some reason they were only available in red, I think, but oh, yeah. anyway, it's kind of a side pull, um, but it pulls them evenly, it comes down, swoops to the, you know, 90 degree angle. And yeah. then you, that's how you hook it on, you know, and that, which is similar to a lot of brakes, but, um, I would say bottom brackets, you mentioned that I didn't know what the hell I was doing when I got my first bike. <laughs> so many, someone, I still have it in the basement, but. A good, a really good friend of mine. It's like, it's there's a deeper story behind this, but basically, heard that I was going to get back into BMX and gave me the frame and fork that he had, and he may have had a bottom bracket on it. But anyway, it's an FBM black bike. All right. So or S and M made the black bike. Oh, I'm sorry. What the heck did I say? You said FBM, but you know, American made it. Sorry. No. It, yeah, I'm sorry. It was an S and M black bike for sure. Um. That was the first bike that had internal headset. The first frame, I think. No, oh, no way. I think okay. So. Well, we had, I mean, we had the the one that's called a headset, just yeah. like a all one word a headset. Um, so that was that was coming out like, and that's when everyone was using like Chris King mm-hmm. headsets. You know, so it'd be Chris King, um, um, um uh, headset cups. Yeah, yeah. Chris King right inside. But uh, what do we call those? Jeez. Um, I guess you could call it kind of internal because you're just dropping bearings into a 
you know, the head tube is already sized for that. Yeah. So, uh, and, and yeah, you're, and you're cranking it down on the start nut at the top and then you do the sides and all that. So it's, that was just happening when I got out of it. Uh, actually uh, it's, it was probably a couple years into it. We were away from quill, uh, stems <laughs> right. for a bit. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'll tell but, you what you missed. Maybe somebody's told you this already. I'm sure maybe somebody has. Maybe. The, the quarreling of bottom brackets. There, there was okay. Spanish and there was European. European was probably what you're familiar with with racing. Spanish yeah. was like mid, but smaller. Mm -hmm. And FBM did the mid. And mm -hmm. I remember when FBM's first mid bottom bracket and internal headset frame was like the pw moto it was like sean arata's frame the capone and the pw moto both came out at the same time they're both signature frames but it was like no one was quite sure if which bottom bracket was going to take off but i was like i'm gonna bet on this i'm going with the mid fbm pw moto and and i ran it i bought that i bought that at a ghetto the second ghetto street comp i bought it off of carrie sayer and he oh, okay. he threw in a hub guard for free because i bought the frame and i was like so happy yeah but um yeah yeah i do know what you're talking about i think the black bike was in mid i think probably so. but it may have been euro it i know it wasn't standard it wasn't what i remember you know the the pretty good size yeah. Bottom bracket cups. I mean, they were probably an inch and a half, maybe. And there was there was really nothing wrong with them except for mm -hmm. the bolt that you use on your crank to like turn Two. the sprocket. Yes. I remember my Allen wrench always slipping out of it because it was so close to the bearing that you couldn't. Only certain tools would actually fit in there. Yeah. To get it to tighten. So. Yeah. I mean, down the road, I, I jumped on the spline drive wagon. We can talk about that later if you want. <laughs> well, I'm not on it, so I don't know. But I, I'm still, I'm still, uh, I ride one bike everywhere. Okay. I don't, I don't care what I'm riding. I'll, I'll ride the one bike. Mm -hmm. Whole different subject that we can hit on later if you want or not. But it's, uh, I do definitely only have one bike, so I geared it as like the old school gearing of 4416. And, you know, I ride a steel bike, I ride a Speed Wolf from uh, uh, Sabrosa. And so I put I put these profile cranks on that I was used to, which have that have that um, that have that bolt that yeah. screws through the chain ring onto the crank arm. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've had. I haven't I haven't gone spline drive. There's not really a reason why I haven't. I just, it's the way the, it's the way I like to keep it, especially if you're crossing parts over from one, one bike to the next yeah. bike. You don't want to buy all new stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so yeah, I, that, uh, that was a wake up call. Three different size bottom brackets. I was like, what, what the hell? I'd like, I'd ask friends, I'm like, which one do I even have? I need to order these parts. I don't know what the hell this is. Yeah. So, fortunately, you know, people are able to, maybe it's a different size bottom bracket, but you could still buy, say, profile cranks, which is what I always buy and, and, and put on a chain ring like, like I would back in the 90s. Mm -hmm. uh, spline drive definitely sounds easier. It sounds like it's a little less work keeping things tight because I do have to check that that bolt that's yeah, holding the chain ring. It always comes loose. They, yeah, and I'm racing. I'm like, uh, is this thing gonna like? So you're putting a lot of force on the gear. Yeah. So you're like, oh shit, this thing's wiggling a bit. Like I didn't bring my any Allen key. So you start using your key like a literal key to try and get it a little bit tighter than finger tight. I've oh that no. I, I wiggle it and I'm like, I can get one more race out of this oh, so wow. before I get home. Like one more race that night before I get home. And, and you like, had a thinner sprocket too, right? Yeah. You, you had more threads to bite with. Yes. When you're yeah. loose. Because yeah. when we had like the thicker sprockets, it was like, you got one thread holding that sucker in there. <laughs> no, I, I I have more thread left nice. for sure. I would, I would have gone nuts if I had one thread. Why? Well, I probably wouldn't be talking to you tonight because my face would have been mashed oh. into the first jump at the track you know it's yeah. just 
the stuff that happens it's and it's funny because kids now there's a 17 year old guy that got hurt the other night not badly he's he'll be fine but just i don't want to say he's not a great mechanic but he's probably the type of kid that should probably bring his bike to the bike shop every now and then and just have it given a once over mm. because the same day that he messaged me and said hey would you mind bringing this spare wheel that you loaned me last year could you bring it this year and i was like i'm already i'm already at work and i'm going straight to the race i can't go home and grab it he's like okay no problem sure as shit that night chain fell off pile drove right into the 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 right before thank god before the face of the jump but at the bottom of the start hill and it's he just doesn't he's not checking everything the way you should you gotta if you're gonna sprint the tension better be right you better be really confident that it's a strong <laughs> frame and i'm i guess i'm saying this is an older guy too like because i i don't want to do something or, or be ignorant about something and get hurt because of it oh yeah so I mean, this dude's seventeen. He's playing. The, he's not playing that game. You know that game of chance of risk. You know, so you know he's he's so now he's hurt. He's out for a little bit. He's got. He's trying to stop a hematoma from starting on his on his side on, on the side of his hip, and it was bad. I mean, he ate shit hard. But yeah, um, that sucks. I guess I'm, I bring that up because it's like you could have better equipment, but you could still screw it up. You know, if yeah, you yeah. have one thread in or not, like that's crazy. I can't believe you only have caught, you kept one thread. Yeah. That's, it's nuts. Um, while we're on the topic of spline drive, I want to give a shout out to, to Sam at tree bikes. He's the one who invented it. And, oh really? Yeah. And I had, uh, I was in the middle of, so there was this whole craze where we all had thick sprockets and thick chains. Mm -hmm. And I was at this skate park in Vo called voodoo in Harrisburg. Uh -huh. And I broke, I, you know, it took me forever to save up for the big chain and the big sprocket. And the, you had to get sure. a special free will that would actually accept the big chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to get all that, the whole kit, it was like by the time I got the kit, mm -hmm. people were already figuring out other things. But but I was I was uh, still yeah. like, no, this is it. This is I got the thick because I grew up right side pegs. Yes. Oh, I, yeah. I, I'm right side pegs with the right side sprockets. So my whole yeah. early life was just snapping chains and sprockets. So I got all this big heavy duty stuff. I go to the skate park. You know, I've been running it for a while and I, it breaks mm -hmm. at the skate park. And I'm right. like, well, screw this. I'm yeah. going to do something else. And it's, uh -huh. I'm, I don't want to mix up my stories because I have like, I think I have two Sam, Sam stories, yeah. but wh whichever right. one it is. When he started right. spline drive, I had messaged him and asked him to make me a spline drive. Yeah. I, either yeah. I asked him for a, a tree sprocket and 316's teeth or whatever. Whatever it was, he showed me the stress test on the spline drive and he said, this thing is five times stronger than the bolt in the crank. I was like, no way. Sign me oh. up. I'm in. But, um, yeah. I reached out to him to do a pod. Uh, he seems like he's down. I just wanted to to put yeah. that out there because I'm a big fan of it, and I'd like to know more about it from him. But um, and, what about a pivotal, pivotal post? Were, were you pretty uh, surprised uh, to see those? <laughs> we used to call them seat guts. Yeah. Is what we call them. Yeah. And before before pivotal came around, um, I my last bike might have had a pivotal, but I don't even think so i'm pretty sure i was still mm -hmm. pretty sure i was still rocking seat guts that we would invert to make the seat to make the seat guts not shown oh so we kind of flip them and uh and it would it would just keep it more tucked in there that's cool and that was just like a I don't know. That was just the thing you know and, and now i mean you don't even see the seat post but no. it's uh which is crazy to me. That's another. That's another one that's crazy to me. Like I, I run my seat probably four inches out, maybe three. I, yeah, I would say four, maybe mm -hmm. five. I'm not. I, for those that know Terry Tanet, Northern California, ex pro racer, his seat is high because way back when we used to keep seats pretty high. Um, yeah. I wish I had the picture handy, but I have a picture of me racing back in like '86 and. You wouldn't believe how high the seat was. It was at <laughs> least inches out. 
And now they do these cool down seats. And of course, I'm still talking racing and I'm, I'm probably going to be talking a little bit of racing because I just had four out of five days of it. Yeah, yeah. Constant. You know, I saw a lot of BMX racing. Well, and was in a lot of BMX racing this weekend. But anyway, um, so now the kids' seats, whether you're racing or, or riding park or trails or whatever, they lower it to nothing. Like it's it's very strange to me. But they just use a quick uh, release and throw it down. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they just have a clamp. I mean, I, I have I have a quick release on mine, but I've never opened it. I've never <laughs> I've never swung it open. <laughs> I think it's because the I'm pretty sure the Speedwolf has a spot. Uh, it's really intended on being a, a quick release. I think. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm sorry, it's not because it it doesn't come with the bike. It's just a it's a standard side seat post. So you could use a regular like fixed. Uh, C-clamp. But, um, but yeah, I saw guys today, because today was this gold cup. I can't remember if I told you before we started, but the the gold, people chase these. Yeah. What is, what is a gold cup? I tell me what uh... it's a, it's basically a regional points or or a regional, um, award that you're chasing. So they only award them in the top three of each class. So they do a bunch of gold cups around the, around the in, into regions. They divide it up into regions. So um, the Northeast region, actually, believe it or not, includes uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and then of course all of New England. I should say New York, because New York is not part of New England. I don't care what anyone says; it's not part. Of New England. <laughs> right. But New England's you can't compare the two. Um, but anyway. Yeah, so there, we're, it's a regional, um, it's a regional title. Right. So you got a district title that you could go for, a regional title which is called the Gold Cup, or a national title which is called a, a NAG Plate National Age Group is what it stands for. Um, and that one you have to go to on Thanksgiving every year. The race is in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is which is where USA BMX is soon to be located. They're in Phoenix now. They have been for forever, but they're shifting it over to Tulsa. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of business reasons behind it, but uh, yeah, yeah. It, but they've done really well at designing this whole facility. So anyway, that's the basic three. The only other one is if you really want to go to every race in the world, you could get the number one points thing, but that just means you went to the most races. Oh. Yeah, you know, it doesn't really doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, that's almost like a yep. I don't participation know. trophy in a way. Pretty much, who spent the most money? Yeah, USA BMX should award that person because they just spent thousands of dollars to go to, uh, to enough races to have say in our state a full year of like going to a lot of races, like twelve thousand points or something like that. Um, so it's not something I'm interested in. Yeah. Um, I think we were talking about the gold cup is yeah. what I at today, but yesterday it was a state qualifier. So it's that state age group. I don't even think I said that. So it's total points age group within your state gold cup national age group. Okay. So those four are the ones you could go for since I've already done all that other stuff in the eighties and nineties. I don't have any reason to travel to go to nationals or anything like that. It's, I'm psyched it's still there for people. I watch them online. You know, it's 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 great. I just don't I don't need to do it over again. I don't I had plenty of fun the last time, just now is not the time. Is it just a different type of race or is it just that that just, uh, next level of national it, it, yeah, it's racing at the highest level. And and most of us back in that era did we rode trails and raced. Eventually, kids would, guys would switch to just trails because they were like, ah, I'm kind of done with the BMX thing, like the racing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's the national title that you're going for for your age group. So what is your age group? I turned 51 last September. Right so on. I raced 51 and over expert. So they don't get any older than my age group. Okay. So... <laughs> Uh, unless you race cruiser, which is 24 inch wheel, and I, I don't really have any interest in that. I've always, yeah, not everyone a- 
agrees with it, but I think if you have decent handling skills, riding a 20-inch bike is not a big deal to mm -hmm. race a 20-inch bike or ride trails on a 20-inch bike. Yeah, other bikes are more stable. You know, if you're not, you know, if you're not feeling good skill-wise, but, but anyway, 51 over expert, and it's yeah. it's 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 hard. I mean, there were 11 guys in my class today. You know? 11? Yeah. On the track at the same time. No, okay. two motos, one of because you can only fit eight people on a gate. Eight, so even eight, eight sounds like a lot to me because I'm not used to being next to anybody when I'm. Eight, eight's pretty sketchy. Eight is actually really sketchy. And so um, you're coming into this age group as like basically you're like the young buck. You're coming in slinging. Kinda, but <laughs> it's, it's it's guys that you've known for a while. There's a couple yeah. guys that have started because their kids started late and they got into it. But uh, so they're they get mixed in there a little bit if they decide to go all the way to expert. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a guy that I raced right now. Well, his name's Guy. Um, that guy's, he's been riding like two years and he's killing it because he focused on, on racing and, mm -hmm. but he's working on the skills and, and I talk to him all the time about it and I'm trying to help him wherever I can. But, um, so you could still muscle it into a, into a good position and get a good finish, but, or you could do it with skill, which is what I try to do. Um, so which, with eight people, yeah. so you got seven other people on the track with you. Mm -hmm. I mean, th there was like a like a how-to DVD back in the day. It was like Snap, Snap BMX, uh -huh. how to dirt jump or something. I think Robbie was in it doing like how to manual. And oh. Maybe like yeah. Robbie Miranda did like how to do gate starts. Uh -huh. And, you know, my first experience with BMX, my dad took me to a track. You oh, know, he did? He took okay. me to the track on an off day. My, uh, mm -hmm. A neighbor let me borrow a helmet. You know, I didn't right. have the pads, and they like looked at me like all crazy because I didn't have the pads. But they let me go because I was right. the only one there, and I right. had a great ass time. But I was like, I can't imagine seven other people here with me. Like the whole like battling it out and like people yeah. cutting you off. I don't know how people just don't like stiff arm <laughs> people over the berms. To be honest. Well, there is one guy that I'm I'm going to do that too soon, but <laughs> if, if it keeps up, but and you know what. The track that we both go to, and, and I love this guy. I've known him forever, but um, yeah, it gets a little. That's just part of the territory, little, guys. It's a little aggressive. So if if I ever like, I can avoid it, but the problem is it slows me down, and then I 